I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Alicia. Kate. I can't believe we finished season one. I can't believe we're no longer going to recap for a For just a a minute, just a minute. But I really like having homework. You know what I can't believe? I can't believe we had, and I know you you two are telling me that we planned it. And I think it's incredible planning because not only did we finish recapping and got to the finale of the original series, uh-huh. But we also just got to the finale of Generation Q we in did. the same week. We did. And I feel like the L word has taken over my life in the last couple of months. It and really now has. it's like, what do we do with our time? The last week was like, was a lot of L. Yeah. Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the timing worked out well. Yeah. And now um, we can, you know, take a little vacation for a second. We can, well, literally, I'm literally going to go on vacation. You're going on a bit of a holiday. But um, we're going to record something while I'm gone before I leave. And guess who that is? Who is that going to be? That's going to be our showrunner from Generation Q, Marja Lewis Ryan. We got her booked for the show. Yeah, we booked her and said, can you answer questions uh, just from the fans? Because we could have talked to her for an hour, but we all know each other. And that only goes so far in, 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 you know, as far as like people wanting to get to know her. Right. Yeah. So we thought, well, what do you want to know about her? Yep. And um, well, I like how we've formulated this episode. We were very adamant that we not see anything before we did this interview. So everything's fresh for all three of us. No one has the leg up on anyone else. Well, yeah, because that's how it comes in with us with Q and A's. We don't vet our own questions. So exactly. we wanted it to be similar for her slash us. I think that's what's fun about it. Exactly. I like the surprise. Me too. Melissa, am I right? There were a, there were a number of questions that came in. I don't know how many we're going to get through. 
Yeah, we had probably about 50 questions that came wow, through. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, so hopefully well, we'll get I through don't, yeah. maybe eight, depending. <laughs> yeah, ten, depending on like how deep it goes. That's yeah. the intention, but I wish we had time to answer them all. But but thanks everyone for but writing thank you in so much and calling for, um, in. Being curious it. and supporting it. And is Marja here yet? Marja. There she is. Okay, well, let's introduce our guest today. It's Marja Lewis Ryan, the showrunner and creator of Gen Q. And we thought it would be really fun to have her on and let you all ask her the questions you've been dying to ask her. I'm sure a lot of them are probably repeats, Marja, wouldn't you say? you get? A, do you get a lot of the same questions? Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of get a range. I kind of... I, it's, it's, Especially this season, I've gotten a whole a whole array. But I feel like I just really want your listeners to know that I adore the both of you. And I just like can't believe how good you are. It's so fun to work with you guys. It has just been, last season was just like a dream come true. So just want the listeners to know that that's, those are my true feelings. Considering COVID, I think we all had a really good time. A fucking great time. You know? We had a great time. We so had a really It's true. Fun time. Like consider, yeah. Considering how we were all masked and shielded up um, yeah. we, were gonna, we still managed to laugh <laughs> we found a lot of laughter we did we did and like a lot of closeness and it felt like we were all sort of trying to solve this problem together i mean we right. were all kind of like standing like staring at this problem and we were like how do we climb this mountain yep um that's and correct. it really felt like we all kind of just like grabbed on and went up the mountain and it was fun we, I ha- mean, we had to yeah we'd still be filming <laughs> totally. It was like an eight month. Are we gonna? Or, are we gonna? Ordeal. Are we gonna? Yeah. Yeah. Ordeal. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> also, we were also desperate to go back to work because everything kept getting delayed. We should have been back in May of 2020. And then it was maybe June. Well, maybe August, maybe September. Nope. December. So it was all of this like sort of stop and go. And everyone's sick of being in their house. Yeah. And we just wanted people to watch the show. You know, like we wanted we wanted the stories to keep going and I don't know. I thought it was awesome. I just had such a fun time. So I'm excited for their questions. But that's the main reason I wanted to come on, which is to tell you that. Well, don't be nervous. Why about do people think you not love us? Why did you feel like you had to say that? I know. I just like never get to be with you guys like on a public platform of any kind. Oh, We're usually like no. sort of sectioned off. Like, you know, you yes. go do that and then I go do that. And like, I just that's I talk true. about you. But like, I'm sure you don't watch my interviews. <laughs> I don't watch anyone's interviews. I don't, exactly. Yeah, I'm not so, an interview so watcher. That's all. So well, um, just, I don't want you to be. I we don't want you to be nervous. Our listeners are oh my the coolest God, people. The There's we did we met so many of them last week, and they're so intelligent and amazing and lovely. So don't be. Where did you guys go? Tripped out. We did a virtual we, live event. We went on our computers. Oh, you did. You haven't done anything like in person, in person yet. Because I think you guys would be so fun. We live. did. We did. We, did. we went to Nashville, and it was amazing. It's just then the Delta variant happened and. It felt yeah. it felt unsafe for everyone involved. So yeah. and everyone wants us and we were being asked to, you know, come to Germany, come to Australia, come to here, come to there. And we thought we can do this all on our computer. And we use the same company who put on the premiere for our show. Cool. That's so Looped. cool. So. So first of all, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. All um, right. And this should be fun. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So, Melissa. Roll the tape. We've got a mix of people that wrote in and then also calls. Ready? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Ready. First question is from Kate in Portland. 
Specific to Marja, what exactly is a showrunner? What does that mean for the relationship with the writers, producers, directors, etc.? Great question. From it is a good question. So I think that the term showrunner is actually a relatively new one. It has not always been this way. This is sort of new. And uh, I think that the way that I like to think about it is like each television show on every network is like a small business. And each of those small businesses has like a shop owner. And that's basically who I am. So what I do then is like, I sort of communicate from the network, like to everybody else. So the first thing that my job is, is to, I I am the head writer. So I have to write all of the scripts with my writers. We group write a lot of, of the episodes. Um, which basically means that like each writer is kind of in charge of like one storyline per episode. And then it's my job to kind of like take all of that together and like make it a cohesive episode. So that's my job at that end. And then I direct a lot of the episodes. So I kind of like my job usually is to be on the episode that we're shooting. I have two other producing partners. One is Kristen Campo, who is usually the episode behind, which means like she's in post-production while Elise is an episode ahead. That's our, somebody who's like out scouting with like the next director. So that's kind of how we balance um, during production. And then after we shoot, I make sure that everything is delivered. I do, I do all of the like sound editing music. You know, I, I'm in charge of just like okaying, clearing all of those post departments too. Probably the biggest job really is that I cast the show and I hire all the department heads. That's kind of the way to like put the stamp on the show, whether or not you're a director. Yeah, I mean, and then I I just watch it at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. A very important role. That's that one. an important part too. Yeah, you're the, you're you're the manager. Yeah, yeah. The shop I, I'm keep. the manager. Shopkeeper. The shopkeep. The shopkeep. Yeah, I mean, like, and most of my days are sort of spent like with questions from department heads. They want to, they want specificity on everything. Um, so most of my day is like, yes, that one. Oh, I like that one, but it, but maybe this way. Mm-hmm. And the way that I sort of answer those questions, is I just try to hold the story as close to me as possible. And like, just kind of keep like answering all of those questions through the same filter so that there's like a singularity to the show. Will you explain that to people a little bit more about, how all the department heads come to you for answers? Like what would those be, for example, so they understand? Sure. So um, like if we have a visiting director and uh, then they will come to me, it's like they're the head of that department, basically. They'll come to me and they'll sit down in my office and we'll go through the script and she'll ask like, you know, is this, uh, gosh, she'll ask me like, what matters most in this scene? And then I have to be able to distill like exactly what matters to me in this scene so that like no matter what she shoots, that that one thing is sort of maintained. I mean, I mean, it, or questions can vary to like, what color do you want these walls? Like we, we want them to be yellow, but I know you seem to be allergic to that for some reason, you know? And uh, uh, I mean, it can literally be that like paint swatches at my door. Um, uh, one of like the biggest, like interdepartmental things we did this season was the Pippa bet sex scene in episode seven. We designed an art, a light installation the laser light show yeah so like the the light sex show was like a whole thing because the departments that are involved in that you have the art department who has to like make the physical structure but then you also have the gaffer and the dps that have to actually oversee the lighting because any light that's on screen like can't come from the art department it has to come from them 
So there's just like a lot of like those sort of interdepartment conversations that need to happen. And I'm in charge of making sure that all of those departments are communicating. Got it. Nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's no day off. There's no day off. It's like a very much like a, like a middle management sort of role. Like a lot of like 97% of my job is just talking to people and making sure that they have what they need to do their job. Do you ever get to a point where you get overwhelmed and you have to sort of pass on some responsibility to someone else to take the load off of For sure. Plate? Yes, absolutely. And like we sort of have, people, especially season two, like then I really knew people's strengths. So like I knew mm-hmm. how to delegate. Like sometimes it's hard to know, like, will this make it easier or will this actually make it harder for me in the end if I give this person right. this thing? Um, right. Just because people uh, have different strengths, not because, you know, it, you know, but they don't have any yeah. strengths. I just have to like be able to figure out what that is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it happens to you guys too. It'll be like, I'll call you guys and be like, I'm not going to be on set tomorrow. This is what, you know, if you need anything, call me, you know, like we kind of yeah. do that too, where it's like just a heads up of like, I'm not that available. So if you need something, I'm here now. <laughs> right. Um, so it's about that too, just like knowing what's coming. Um, and you guys know, it's like there's that episode, like seven almost killed me. You know, like what once once it gets to like that real in betweeny spot of the season where I've got like a bunch of stuff, still have a bunch of stuff coming, but I have a bunch of stuff in post. That's all. Well, that's what when... I was going to ask you. Is there ever a point in the season for you where everything starts to get bottlenecked? So the way that the writers' rooms work is that we write as many scripts as we can before the season. So season one, I had four scripts going in. That was half of our season. And once those episodes ran out, I fucked. I was like drowning. And I would I called other showrunners and I was like, I'm not gonna that's not gonna happen to me again. Like what do I need to do? And they were like, it kinda it's gonna happen no matter what. And I was like, No, you're all wrong. And so this season I went in with six out of ten, which is like, you know, an additional script basically. And I still got fucked. It's like any time whatever you're at whatever the last script you wrote is, like you're gonna get fucked right in at that moment. So it sounds like going in with all of them written would be then would be ideal. Yeah. Would be but ideal. Do I get burnt out? Not really. Like the adrenaline of the of the gig is like really um effective. Right. And like there are moments when I like, you know, you know, like when you haven't slept enough and like everything's like hysterically funny. Like that's what I that's what happens to me. Like I'll be in my room like crying, laughing in my office, just like crying, laughing with another writer, and I'm like, oh no. it's like what happens to us on set yeah 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 exactly it's like when you mess up and then you can't get it back and you're like oh no 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 yeah Uh, what about so when you say middle management between the network and the show and everyone wait you had a better you had a good question though about about why we don't go in with all of them yes yes it, it's part it there there really is a reason because in television things move so quickly and change so often that like there is something nice about leaving room for um for some variety because then we can get people on that like we would like you know like I didn't know if like Rosanna Arquette like would want to come on or like I didn't know what her schedule is so like just, just calling her and being like hey like we'd like you on at some point is that interesting that's like the first question and if they're like yes then it's like okay what's your schedule looking like? And she's like, well, you know, I leave on this, I'm home from here to here. So it's like, okay, so she has to be there in episode five. Well, I've written her in episode three. So it's like, okay, so now I have to move, you know, like, so things just move. So it's like nice to have some flexibility. The other thing you really don't know on a show like this is 
who's gonna work together and yeah and yes like but that do you know at this huge. point i can imagine season one for sure but even season two though like i mean you know we had Gigi in like various spots and like you're sort of waiting to see like on set and like you know like who like who does she connect with like like does it really I was laugh because I would laugh with Sepeda. I'm like Sepeda, you've blown through the whole cast at this point. <laughs> like <laughs> we call them in the in the writers' room. We call single people our utility players, and so like we talk about the ways in which they can kind of like work as drama. Because I mean, Finley last season was our utility player. I mean, like you don't even remember that she slept with Tess, but she did. You know, that's right. But, I totally forgot that. Like they, you know, those those single people can just kind of like you can just use them to to move story in different ways. Um, but yeah, but like you, you know, we didn't know if if um, uh, Gigi and Danny. We suspected that they would. That's why we like did it. But like, you really don't know. Um, same thing with like Tippa. You know, like you just don't know. Tom, who knew? Right. right. So interesting. Okay, so my other question was the, the middle management between the network and the show. What's your job there? Like, what are they asking you for as you're running the show down there? Sure. So, I mean, the first interactions that we have with them are way earlier. It's like all in the story. You know, I break the whole season in story. I don't even write script. And then I talk them through it. So they have like some idea of like, this is what I'm thinking for this season. And then they can sign off on it. They can give me notes on that. Then when we move to script, same thing. They get outlines, they get scripts. So like these particular executives give more artistic notes than uh, other executives that I've worked with. I do think that they are like mindful of, you know, review clicks and reviews and stuff like, you know, like, and like making sure people watch it, like, but not so much. They're way more interested in story. Um, on this network, I think. Well, that's like, what Showtime's known for. Yeah, and I and it, yeah. it really shows, and it, it is different. It's a very different experience, like as a writer. The real conversations with the network come after we've shot, and we're going into like marketing, PR. Um, I really um, am involved in that in a way that I'm not sure all showrunners are at all networks. Oh, you think sometimes they'll just hand it off and it's like, okay, here's your show now, go market it. Was it your choice to the peach background? In the poster, <laughs> you're like, because I have a note about that. Because I have a lot of um, notes about that. <laughs> I have uh, some thoughts about that. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I think that it's really hard in those moments because the key art and like the post production, uh, like, but, and like my tendency is always to stay with the story. But the more I've learned as a showrunner, it's like I, I do sort of have to step into that marketing space earlier in order to. Um, make sure that the key art conveys what the season really was, which I think we're still missing in our marketing side. (laughs) (laughs) I won't, I won't disagree. I will not disagree. Kate, we'll leave the peach conversation at the door. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. It does. Let's go to number two. This one is from Coco. Hi, pants ladies. You guys killed the live show last week. Please do it again. Coco. (laughs) Marsha, okay. this is for you. I feel Uh-oh. like the reference to Jenny's death was weak. It felt mm. disrespectful to a character that was so significant to the show. Why mm. don't the OGs ever talk about her? I mean, Shane mm. and Jenny were very close friends and even dated. Love what you're trying to do. I just miss seeing these moments. Damn, Coco. What Coco. do you guys think? Do you think your characters would talk about her? Yeah, I do. Jenny? 
Oh, yeah. In, Absolutely. In, like, what context? You know, here's, you know, <laughs> which is like, you guys answer this. Well, it's what? interesting. We, we, we're recapping the original series. We just finished the recap of season one. We haven't watched this in over 10 years. It's the <laughs> we've gotten in 10 years. It's been so fun. It's been a blast. It's a trip. It's a blast. And it's a trip. It's like getting some weird time machine. Yeah. And like having your memories jogged where you're like, I completely forgot about this. And like, are, are the clothes as like 2004 as they can be? There are oh, moments. We all, we all have different. Oh, we all have moments. different episodes where we shine in that area. Yeah. And it, but, but the reason I bring that up is because I look at Jenny because she's the girl that enters into this world and then brings the audience with her into this world. And um, I forgot a lot about how significant Jenny was. I know she was polarizing, but I just like, oh, right. She was a sexual assault survivor. Like she like she was a survivor at the end of the day, lover or hater. And I it it kind of triggered the memory of like, oh, right. She was so significant in this friend group. And even I, and the, although I like to forget season six existed, I think, oh, right. Shane actually dated her, but they were also close. And what they were season roommates. did you two date? I Fuck can't the remember. The last one that was, oh. you know, but, um, but yeah, I would talk about Jenny for sure. Like in what context? Like losing for like loss. It's scary as you get older, you lose people in your lives that you thought would be there forever. And Dana was the first big loss that killed our innocence. And then Jenny was the last one, but it ended on Jenny. So we never saw any of us evolve from that. We don't know how any, all of us reacted That's to it. That's true because we did go through the death of Dana and then the show kept going, whereas Jenny died at the end. Right. I see her point. Probably. I just think it's what's her name again? Coco. Coco. I would I would think just like what the the Dana stuff storyline did for people by acknowledging, you know, the history people have. I would think it's something like that. I think that the answer to the question is for me, it has to do with context. Like it's not, you know, we're not seeing these people. This isn't, you know, the show 24 where like you're following them. This isn't a real hour of their life. Like I imagine that they like come and go spaces and that like, you know, there, there are spaces where like some people from the past are like more alive for them. Um, we haven't like stumbled into that yet for Shane. I feel like with, with Alice, like there was just this like natural space to talk about Dana and like for me, because like it's hard in television and it's hard on this show in particular, because like I have like, you know, 50 pages, nine main characters, you know, often I have guest stars on top of that. And like, so every kind of moment is like, has to be forward moving. That's what it feels like. And it's hard to, you know, just like find those moments that like would like require that kind of like remembering. I, I, did, I felt like Alice's sort of story was helpful because this season because it had you know I still think she is a person who like a piece of her like really died with Dana like there that felt like something that like gets in the way of her daily life you know (laughs) in a way that like I don't know if Jenny and Shane had that kind of relationship it felt like if you know if if season six hadn't happened which by the way Eileen Kagan always told me I could pretend it did um, that, you know, I mean, didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't happen. That, right. that like, she could have just like walked off and like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Like their connection never felt as intense somehow. No, no, I agree. It wasn't. I think I, I, 
it, I guess that's my roundabout way of saying, um, I suppose like we never even comment on, hey, remember when Jenny did this or do you remember when that happened? Like that sort of yeah. like within conversation, I, I, what, I don't need to dive deep into the. Yeah, you don't want to write a book about her. Is it is it hard? Do you feel saddled by the hi- the history of the L word? Do you feel like it slows down the vision that you have today that you want to tell? And you're like, oh, I have to talk about these characters that people loved. And I don't have the time or the bandwidth or the pages to do that because I want to tell these new stories. Well, I think I, I think of it more like a puzzle that like I haven't quite solved yet rather than like a a weight or a burden like I think about it more like like it's still in front of me and I mean that's part of the reason why I wanted season three so bad is because it feels like every season I like figure something else out and like I think that what I figured out coming off of season two was like this might be like too technical and super boring so you can tell me to be quiet or you can no go it. no go go but, but like like uh Typically, when like writers break story, they think about story and they think about character. And those two things are separate, though they relate to one another. So like, for example, like, you know, the the story of uh, the story of Law and Order, the Law and Order episodes are one thing, but like, all those characters have like very different sort of like wants and like very different paths that like inform the way that they interact with like those dead bodies, basically. But on this show, I think what I just figured out is that like the story is the is the relationship status. I think that a show like this cannot like I think what what I struggled to figure out and like the reason why the show is like not quite as great as I want it to be is because there's story on top of the fact that there's a relationship status story and there's character stuff. So I think if I just delete that top line. I think that like we'll have a show that you can talk about Jenny and like not have that scene move story forward. It because all it needs to do is move that one relationship forward, whoever you're talking. So like story is like is like um like the art museum. Uh-huh. Like all that stuff is like all story on top of like relationship status. Like the pippa of it makes it like a little more interesting. But really, you just want to see the two of them function in the world. Like, you don't need to see them, like, relating to art. You need them to see them relating to each other. What I'm th- what I'm hearing is it's the backdrop. Yeah, but, like, I don't even think this show needs it, actually. Like, it feels like you actually want to be with them. Like, it almost functions like a sitcom, I think. In, in, in that, like, you just want to see people coming in their door being like, oh, hard day. Anyway, like, you know, like you don't want to, you don't really want to like, can we get a laugh track? Yeah. kind yeah. of. I mean, Alice basically has one. <laughs> Melody's oh dying for it. <laughs> I just mean like, like the stories between the two couples, like stories about trust, stories about loss, stories about like, you know, like family dynamics, stories about addiction. Like those stories are interesting and because they exist like between two people. And like, I think that, that your, that Alice's work story worked this season because it really had nothing to do with work. It had to do with like grieving the loss of Dana and like trying to find a new path forward. Um, Got it. I think I understand what you're saying. I don't know. Um, maybe there's a writer listening to this. who's going to be like, I hear you. Right. <laughs> I'm probably going to get DMs being like, I want to see more of that art world. And I'm going to be like, I know, I know. You're like, why did I bring up the art world? 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, Kate and Misha. I'm Maria. I met you guys at Hens in New York City a few weeks ago, and I asked you guys if you could say something in Portuguese. I don't know if you remember that. Um, but me and my friends, Drew and Malu, we have a question for Marja. Um, there were a lot of controversial feelings and opinions about the finale, and especially the couples. But we were wondering if there's anything from the finale that wasn't originally planned on the script, but like still made it. Or did you brainstorm the episode just as it is from the beginning? Thank you, and we loved it every second. I remember her. She asked us to say sapaton, which is lesbian in Portuguese. Yep. <laughs> well, when we were walking out, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, it's so fun. Sapaton. I think she's just saying, like, did anything change from, like, the conception of the episode to the... To a lot got taken out. Air. Yeah, a lot gets cut. I mean, especially on an episode that was that big. I think that the major thing that I listed was Micah and Maribel's storyline. And instead, I ended it in episode nine because it felt really rushed. And it felt like if we had a third season, I could literally turn that single episode into a full season of television. That's, like, how fast it felt anybody that speaks Spanish knows that she says to her mom, um, like that there's something going on in San Diego. She, her mom asks if you know about San Diego yet, that's, but it's all in Spanish. And so like, I get these like DMs from like our Spanish speaking, you know, viewers that are like, we know she's leaving. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So, so I, I wanted to play with like the idea of like what happens, uh, in long-term relationships. Um, but I think that I could probably do that over a season of television. I don't need it. I, and so that's the only thing that got cut, I think. Right? Yeah. No. 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 Well, oh, for, yeah. it's just fun. It's fun for people to hear. Totally. We don't have to say what exactly got cut, but things were cut that oh, yeah. you had written as more of a reveal of the decision in people's lives. And you wanted to leave a lot more as cliffhangers. Like Alice, for instance, had a, a, a whole scene on the airplane that isn't there because it the decision was kind of obvious what she was making. And then the Micah Mirabel, like people, I think that's, that's at least how like Kristen 
like when the cuts were being made, those were the reasons. She's like, That's it's just, right. we, kn- we know what the character's deciding and we don't want to know what the character's deciding. I think yeah. Shane and Tess had a second love scene as well that followed their I love you thing, which was to show some sort of angst or sadness yeah, or longing. Yeah, I think it's the, it was the same, the same note. It was like, it was like, we, it felt like we knew she was leaving and she knew, you know, it, it all felt like too, like, closed. Complete. Yeah, uh-huh. we wanted to like open some things up. Um, I mean, same thing with like, you know, <laughs> Bet and Tina, you know, there's like more to that scene. Right. But, well, that's but we, the end. And people will never see it. But now, you know, the curiosity is peaked and everyone wants to know right. what all these characters have Although decided. I really, really want to release that airport, that airplane scene as a separate thing. <laughs> it is so funny. I, I, I never saw it, but is that I the L word meets, uh, meets, is that L word meets the parents? That scene? Yeah. L word meets <laughs> yeah. the parents. <laughs> um, um, okay. So we, okay. I think we answered that one, right? We yeah. did. Okay. Right? Okay. Good? okay. What's the next one? All right. Hi there. I never write into anything. This is so weird. But I really need to find this out, and you're the one to ask. I get that the OG and Gen Q are not the same thing, but I really miss how much fun all the characters used to have on the old show. No one, and I mean no one, has any damn fun on this reboot. Aside from... Aside from the karaoke episode, obsessed yeah. with the B-52 part, there is just sadness and angst. Can you please have this group lighten up, loosen up, and go have a good time? With love, yeah. Mickey and OC. Wait, who is I this? A, I think it's a great Mickey note. from the OC. Mickey. Oh, my God. Mickey, Mickey. we all agree. Brilliant. Brilliant, Brilliant. Mickey. Brilliant, Mickey. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that was why I was so excited about that karaoke episode. <laughs> I do have to say again because we rewatched. It was a blast that day. But again, like rewatching the first season, and we we always are like, "Wow, we always used to have fun. Like we used to laugh and have a good time." Yeah, I think that. um, I think like Leisha still has a good amount of fun. Um, I have fun. I don't think Shane. I I don't think Shane's had fun. Yeah, yeah. You guys have to have way more fun. I want fun. That's like number one note season yeah. three we we hear your note we accept that good time charlie do you, what here. do you think of what is do you want the characters to oh, happen yeah. you, like that's or, a different oh yeah or is that even possible with the friend groups and how they're sort of intertwined like it's hard it is hard i i definitely um it, it's hard <laughs> but you figured it out with the karaoke episode yeah we were all think, the whole cast was there god it was the greatest that was the best i love that episode I am. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's just hard. But yeah, it's the best. Every time it happens, there's even like tonal ways. Like one of the one of the scenes I love in that episode, that scene with you, Kate and um, Jack in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you kind of like rough her up a little bit. Like yeah. even like yeah. that sort of energy is like, it's like so appealing. Because it's, it's, like, it's big because it's big sister energy. That's why. Yeah. It's also, yeah. It's just like a lot of love. It's just like a yeah. very like loving Space. It's not so angsty per our friend's observation. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I love all that stuff. So fun. Thank God we have Alice. Well, you know. <laughs> I, no, I'm just thinking, I was just thinking like, I think, yeah, the fun of the group, the fun mm-hmm. of the. Yeah. I mean, well, I think one of the main, you know, 
struggles with the show was like making the getting the group to be a group because all the all the times that you three are together are fun too. I mean, like that's I love those scenes. They're the um, best. Right. Yeah. And that's probably, I mean, why it was easier back then for yeah. the writers, because they it was a group of friends. That's how it started. So it's like, right. oh, let's watch these people go do these things together. Right. And whereas you have the the mandate you know, of the younger of a younger generation, it's like hard to understand like why the fuck would we all but although my friend group is like pretty multi multi-generational. Yeah. But, but we already knew who your friends were. So right, like, I right. lie and now you- to the audience and be like, you know. They all know each other. But the other problem is the the wrench thrown in with the with the Sophie Finley Danny thing, because they were all friends. I think we can I think we can get them back. I think that's kind of the key is like once we kind of get we can get more people hanging out, though. Right. For sure. Because when, got it. when Bet, got it. Yeah, when Bet cheated on Tina first season, that was with an external force. So when they broke up, the friends were like, what do we do? But no one was hating <laughs> one another. Whereas right. in this show, the friends Right, that there's group. so many effing characters on the show. Well, because yes, they, they slept together. Right, yeah. exactly. Right, they didn't sleep. I see what you're saying. Yes. All right. Okay. I think we got it. What's her name? Mickey. Thanks, that Mickey. That was Mickey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, Marja. I've been very curious about this, so hoping you can answer. It seems that you've written Shane to finally grow up and mature. If that's the case, why hasn't oh. there ever been an exploration into the missing 10 years of her life? She had a brother who is significant to her, a deadbeat father among many failed relationships. We wish we could know more. So who she is now makes more sense. Thanks, Sammy. The evolution. Yeah. I, you know what happened to us the other day, Marja? We, we both remembered, well, you remembered after me, but I, I reference in the original that I have a sister and a brother. <laughs> I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I never... <laughs> It was in like season two. I was like, did forgot, forgot Alice had a sister and brother. Never knew And then that. Kate was like, remember, I have a brother that shows up later. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about all these external family members. Oh, yeah. yes. Well, with the Fun. brother, with Shane's brother, he was like in an entire season. I know, uh-huh. I forgot. That's he was a whole point. arc. He was an entire arc. <laughs> um, but the question is, why didn't we get to see how it happened i what mean like the- i would like to think we are sort of watching it happen i don't think that this is like who she was moment one it feels like it feels like there's a little bit of fill in the blanks i mean that was something that you and i had talked about early on was like you know that we wanted her to grow up like we wanted her to be mm-hmm. okay like that was oh, yeah. part of the dream was like just make sure she's okay and, right. like, and also not that, that she doesn't come back the same. No. Well, being trying being in your 40s and acting like you're 25 is not a it, cute look. It's exactly. Like a, it's like an illness. Yeah. Totally. It's an illness. Like you need some help. Yeah. But what was her what was she want to know? Oh, investigating. I think I know what she's asking, though. The investigating, like understanding, like because there's, you know, this person has, you know, there's been 10 years unexplained for all of us. Sort of. I mean, I mean, I, I felt like we did a pretty decent job in season one of like, ex- of doing some of the explaining. I mean, like, you know, Leisha's is easier because like you see the talk show, you understand sort of like the rise. But like, you know, I always felt like you're like rock star wife, like made a lot of sense. And like, just like that, that's sort of where you were. And then you kind of landed back here and you decided to like become more domestic. Like that story feels pretty clean to me. 
Um, if, if she's talking about like, what's your relationship with those characters? Like what happens? Like why those stories always felt complete to me. Like there were some stories that felt like they like ran and bowed up and like your dad felt like one because it felt like the point of that story was for you to walk away from him. Maybe we can find out he died. Did he? No, everyone dies on this show though. It's true. Everyone does. Everyone There should be like an L word cemetery, you know? Where people so can go visit. It's true. We do need a uh, we need a memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> we can go and visit. <laughs> okay, what else do you got? All right, what else we have? All right, we've got a call here. All right. Hi, Lisa Kate and Marja. Um, my name is Brittany, and I first just wanted to let you know how much I love this podcast. It gets me through my drive to and from work every day. Um, I do have a question for Marja. Uh, the original L word was, and still is a very important show for queer people. Um, I believe I saw an interview where you said you were 18 when the original came out. I'm sure it was really exciting when you became a showrunner for Gen Q. But I was wondering, what was the most important thing for you personally to highlight in the reboot? If you get the chance to answer this, thank you. I love you guys and fingers crossed for season three. You were a baby. Did you did you watch this show at 18? Oh, yeah, we were. Um, you were just a little I was like one. a freshman at NYU and we would we would rent the, the DVD box set from the Blockbuster on Third Avenue. And my like real story is that because I was with my best friend who was also a lesbian, but she was not out and she would make me rent it as though like <laughs> her, she'd be like, you, you do it. And I was like, like, it was like, like somehow like, like if That's she funny. did it, then she would obviously be gay. But if she's standing right. next to me, it's fine. Um, did you have a uh, dorm at NYU? Was it, were you staying you at, like you, were you staying at alumni hall? I, I was uh, at third North. Which oh, is like right I'd, next to it. Yeah. I used to, I think, take acid at Third North with my friend yeah, when I was like 17. That feels right. I know all the NYU <laughs> dorms, but yeah. Okay. I, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just loved it. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, you know? I mean, it was like. Did you scream at the telly? Oh, yeah. It didn't. I mean, it's a very interactive experience. I, you know, it, you talk to it like you have it some. <laughs> It is. It's not. It's not the kind of show you want to watch funny. by yourself. We've always said that. It's communal. No. You have to yell with like a group of people, or cry, yeah. or laugh, or make fun of. Yeah, and That's then you the want to like be with your best friend and like rewind totally. and like play through things and be like, "Has this ever happened to you in real life?" You know, like exactly. Everyone's like, "No." You exactly. just want you want like a gauge of like how far are we from this reality? You know, <laughs> and the answer is far. You know. <laughs> So her question was, when you got the job, what was personally important? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was like really simple. I, um, like, I myself, like, as an as a writer director, have gone through like a whole range of like what it means to tell my own story and like what representation actually means to me. And I, you know, I didn't see myself a lot on reflected on screen but I did see myself you know like there was like kissing Jessica Stein there was you guys there was imagine me and you like that's all like I'm like 18 19 20 20 you know like I'm like really coming into my own queerness like at a time when like stuff was like kind of there for me and I just wanted to open the door just like a little wider and include a little a few more of us who don't look exactly like me 
Um, and that was it. I just like wanted a couple more people to see themselves on television because like, I do think it, it changed my life. I mean, it, 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 it allowed me to imagine a world where I could just tell my stories and make a living in a commercial space. Um, and that was just not true before you guys. It really wasn't. I mean, like, that was not true. You were queer and you were othered and like you worked in a very particular academic space or like, you know, or like revolutionary sort of space. But like, this is very commercial. Like we are, you know, like commercial filmmakers right now. And like, that's, that's cool to me. It's like cool to be able to have a platform like that and to have like a little bit of power in an industry that's like not really built for us. Um, It's cool. It's true. Yeah. And, you know, I just like want our black and brown and trans, you know, to, to like have the same kind of go. Whenever we go to those viewing parties, I'm always like, we did it. You know, like when I look around, I'm like, you're all, on, you're all on this show. Like you're all freaking there. And like, mm-hmm. of course that's not true. There's like a billion kinds of us, but like, I, I do feel closer to like representative of the people that actually watch the show. Yeah, it's Um, one show. You can only do so much. Yeah, yeah. And it's only one show. You know, like I always say that to people that come up to me and they're like, you know, I want there to be asexual representation. I want there to be intersex representation. It's like you you have to be willing to tell your own story. Like it can't be my job to tell your story. It has you have to do it. And I hope they do. Right. Well, that's what the complaint, not the complaint, but that was the critique. Uh, some critique of the original it's like well you're only telling this it's like well this is what this is yeah that's what i I eileen was telling her own story yeah we're all just telling our own stories it's 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 really just that simple um so you're like if almost like if you want to see it go go make it yeah and like and i think that like it's my job as a person sitting in power to like truly just like open the door a little more, you know, like we, you see my writer's room, like our writer's room looks like our cast. Like it's important to me that like that's happening because I want those kids to see themselves on TV. Like I want there to be like a young trans, you know, Asian kid who like walks in my door in 10 years and he's like made it, you know, like, Oh, saw it. Like saw the thing. Like I, I got that sign of like, Oh, I I can make it. And now he's here and he's going to do better than me. Like that's, that's sort of the point. I think. (laughs) Right on. Right. Right on. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, Kate and Leisha. My name is Victoria, and I'm calling from Fresno, California. First off, I just want to say I'm a huge fan of pants, and it's always a highlight of my week. Okay, my question for Marja is, what was your favorite episode or scene from this past season? Uh, for me, it was probably episode six. Uh, the karaoke scene with Kate, Lisa, and Jennifer was pretty iconic. And in my opinion, is going down in outward history. So, yeah, what was your favorite scene or 
episode. Yeah, I mean, same, dude. Same. Fun scene. Same that was a scene, fun... same episode. Um, it, it just felt like... I mean, there were other moments too, like on, on this, the way my, I organize my like brain when I'm approaching like my activism self and like my storytelling self is that like, I just pick one thing, just like, I just want to move the dial one notch. And this season, the, the one notch I wanted to move it is I wanted to get uh, Joey Mercado in a sex scene with Leo Shang. Like I wanted to, to make that happen on our television show. And Getting to do that was like very exciting for me. So, I mean, that was another one for me. Um, but episode six just, just had it. And like, you know, I mean, I, it was I don't know. fun. It was fun. It, it was really fun. Our, the, the woman who shadowed us season one, Katrell Kindred, got to come back and shoot this episode for us. And blew her minds. Like, she She's amazing. Crushed it. You know, Killed I it. mean, she just knows what she's doing <laughs> she's well not that she just vision. knows but she cares like when you yeah. sat down and I would ask her questions when you're in the middle of filming something she actually had thoughtful responses because she clearly had taken the time to think to herself what does that signify and mean so I can help maybe find a solution if someone bumps and that's sometimes rare on television directing it really is because people come in for a week and they do their thing and they're like okay well if that's what your character does then do it what do I know and they leave and it's, that makes you feel like you're left out to dry a little bit. But Cottrell was the opposite. She, that woman came in with preparation like I haven't seen in years. She's going to be she's going to be huge. She's she a already, force. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just going to be more of a force as time goes on. But that episode was a fucking good time. I mean, yeah. and that was long days like that was a really hard circumstance. We were in a small Dana's is super tiny. It was filled with extras. All of us. Everyone had vignettes. Hours were long, a lot of waiting around, but we had a fucking blast. And the pandemic. And the pando <laughs> on top of all of it. And no one got sick. Yeah. And like, that was like, I mean, amazing. I mean, she shot the shit out of that location. But there was I mean, like it's... laughter. I think that's what always sticks in my mind with that. It's like, oh, I saw people smile. Although there's angst and every, all that other crap going on. People were smiling. <laughs> yeah, smiles. it was fun. Yeah. It was. It was really fun. And I think that that's the other reason, like that's something else that I learned was like, oh yeah, like this show really is iconic and people really are sort of desperate for like these like moments to remember. Because it, it, I know, like, I don't know if you guys have this sense because you're on the show. That's a good way to put it. But it feels like, I, I remember at, at watching the show, it feels like they're there. You know, like it feels like it happened to them. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. It, it feels like a collective experience somehow. When when well, also, when you hit it like that, it, it does. Yeah, and when when you see that group of people do that thing, it 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 is. It's inclusive. Like when we were just watching the first season, we when we all went to Dinosaur for the first time. <laughs> but to see that, yeah. like people are like, oh, they're going to that thing that I know about, and like, oh, they're in it. And I've yes. been in it. And now, yes. oh my God, we're all the same. Like, it's yes. a very like wild thing that happens to your brain. Yes, it is. It's like this meta thing that starts to happen. And like, it's like watch going to Dana's the other night. It's like, oh, wait, they're in the bar <laughs> that I'm watching that, but I'm in the bar right now watching them be in the bar. So I'm like, in Dana's. 
Like I, it's that kind of yeah, that, it's that kind of stuff. I love. Yeah, me it's too. Neat. And like and like that is what this show. When this show works, like that's the feeling. It's like deep empathy. It's like this really symbiotic like and familiarity. Brain. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like that that's it's, when it's cool. But I think that I can find ways of evoking that same feeling. I've had like lots of ideas of like that's something I'm chasing. I'm chasing that moment. Okay, good. Cool. Were you, did you go out to the bar the night that the karaoke episode aired? No. That would have been, I wasn't there. A real meta moment. Yeah, that would have been meta as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That would be something to experience. But it's crazy though. Like you guys like try to wrap your head around this. Like, like that bar was just like a straight bar on the east side. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. it's like this thing, like, and it's, they call it Dana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that industrious so, lesbian who said to themselves, I'm going to do a pop-up because yeah. no one else has done it. Like props to you. Really smart. It was the fast lesbian thinking. that said, Hey, Leisha, I have, I have dated a boy named Tom and I was in a throuple and dated a guy named Tom. Do you remember at the party when she got what? on the microphone and said that? I didn't Did hear her say that. Oh my God. How I did I not hear that? Died. I don't know. <laughs> she oh my god! I wish I had met her. How did I not hear her name? Tom. That was her. Oh my god! Nice. That's funny. <laughs> really funny. Meta. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you want have time for one more? Sure. All right. So this is from Jess. Hi, Marge. A huge L Word fan from 2004. Why did you decide to bring on so many new characters? It's honestly too hard to follow them all, like the dead. <laughs> I'd rather like use that time to watch like the dead. OGs. Like the de- dead, dead, Oh, dad, dad. Yes. like the dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, like the dead. Danny's dad. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I'd rather like use that dad. time to watch the three OGs. Can you just focus on the ones we love? Yeah, I hear that, and the answer, Rodolfo. Yeah. What's the question? I know. What is the, the question? The question is like, can I, can I please get rid of characters that she doesn't like and focus on the ones that she does? And the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Like I, mean, like, I mean, I can give you like <laughs> a technical funny. answer to like why things like that happen on television shows, but I don't think she wants to hear that. I think she just wants to hear yes. And She's like, I want to watch, I want to watch, <laughs> I want to watch the ladies I love. Yeah. And, and I follow along. That, you know, I fair. want to see their mess. Can I watch fair an hour enough. of their mess? Yeah. Do you think there's think too? Are there too many characters? I mean, yeah. I know I personally. I think so. I personally Way think it's hit a yeah. Yeah. But as a writer, I mean, like, did, does it does it kind of like snowball and get out of control? Where yes. you're like, how did this happen? Because with each character comes another character kind of thing, and another and problem, grows? and another subplot. And well, what I is think it? That, I think that what happens. Well, I hate what happened on this show, but I think it is what happens is that like the, the dream of the show evolves and you end up with these like extraneous people. But like at the start of the show, like, uh, you know, we really were trying to like make the show into something else. And we were still trying to figure out what that something else was, like what was the brand of like this version of it. And like, you know, I think season one, uh, is like full of, all of my good intentions and like I totally understand why I made the choices I made but like I wouldn't make them again and I think that like you can see that in season two that like I didn't make those choices again being like a different choice and like trying to bring the stories more in more in more in and like just less extraneous storylines will result in less extraneous characters 
that's what you just said is interesting. Like, do you at the end of every season, do you like learn something at the end of every season or like at the or do you think at the end of the series, whenever this show is over, you'll look back and you go, oh, like when is the when's the point where you go, oh, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to. Or do you think the entire time is a process of. Oh, I did some right, some things correct, and I did some things wrong, and I did something like what is I it? Think, what I is think the it's process? That. I'm I'm always going to be trying to best myself. Like I'm never going to be like this is it. I've arrived. Like because like what does that mean? Like I don't even know what that means. Um, but I do think there are like more moments of the thing I'm I'm speaking, and and I can just sort of start to dial in like how do I get more of those moments like how did I get there last time why did it take so long um and how do I get more of them now are like basically the questions that I ask myself but yeah I mean the amount that I have learned doing this show oh my god it's a beast it's it's like I mean I can't, can't even form a sentence. Like, like you would already go back to first year and go, oh, if I knew well, all that I, I know would now. Done this, I, would this, this every, different. I would do all 18 episodes differently. You know what I mean? Like, I wow. Mean, I mean, huh. Oh, yeah. It's like really? that. It's like, oh, yeah. It's like huge, the amount that I learned. Well, then does that like, mean you have any sort of regret ever? No. because I think regret's a, hard word, a hardcore word. Well, well, I don't. Well, I can't think of another alternative no, at the it moment doesn't, it doesn't feel like i have a really strong sense of getting better and like and like what other trajectory would i want to be on really like like i'm i don't want to be standing still and i don't want to be getting worse so like i i am definitely like on this upward trajectory of understanding like character and story and how the two relate in this setting like that's the thing is that like like, I think I've gotten really, there's some things I'm really, really good at. And like a lot of this show, like doesn't really speak to those strengths. <laughs> and Why do you like, say that? I, Why do you think? Well, because my background, I think is in theater. Like, I mean, a lot of like what I know about like intimacy and like what I know about like character don't totally re- connect to a show that requires like a certain kind of, um, aesthetic and like a certain kind of bigness um and so i think that for me it's about trying to get the audience to come with me on my journey of like what if it's not so big and like what if it is actually quite small because like i think that the closer i get to that the closer i'll get to my actual strength and then i'll be able to like layer in the other stuff on top of it live in the quiet Um, is that what you mean live in the quiet so knowing like each season when you learn and you look back and go oh my god i've learned so much more at this point and this point like so like even going into season three after just feeling great about season two you're going "Uh uh-oh what am i going to learn this year that i'm about to kind of walk into yeah and put my back behind it doesn't feel scary to me it feels like really exciting i mean you guys see me on set i'm like insane like i love this in a way that's like hard to hold on to you know like I really love this show I love you guys like I really love trying to figure out how to make it fucking better (laughs) right like I'm obsessed with it yeah it's a constant learning process and we all do that I think we all do that even personally with when we show up at work and we have our job to do it's it's the same thing too like sometimes sometimes like you'll come up both of you you'll have moments where you'll come on set and you'll be like 
it's like this moment of like, I, I-, I have something today. You know? Yeah. 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 And yeah. then there's other um, moments where, like, you'll be walking, and I just remember Alicia being like, "Am I walking here?" You know, it's like you have <laughs> these moments where you're like, "Did I forget how to walk?" Person? Yeah, exactly. Like, good days and bad days. Yeah, you just find yeah, and like all of that stuff is just like trying to figure out like what causes those things and like how to get more good days on the board. Like that's basically all I'm ever doing. I think we had some good days on the board this year. Yeah. I think Hell we really, yeah. I think we, yeah. for, under days. the circumstances, we did great. So speaking of which, and before, before I ask you this, cause we'll make it the big, the big question at the end, but oh. um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, Marja, thank pants. you so much. Oh my God. So Everyone's going to love this. Everyone's going to love this. Okay. The last question, and this might air after we know the answer, but everyone's dying to know if there's a season three. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, you don't know, but how do you feel? Um, I believe they're going to give me another shot. Okay. There, yeah. you heard it here, people. You believe they're going to give be, another shot. And it might be, by the shot. time this gets released, everyone's like, we know already. Yeah. Everyone's um, like sobbing. They're like, she was wrong. They didn't believe wrong. Well, everyone's dying for it to come back. So yes. thanks again, everyone, for watching the show. Thank you for the thanks support. Thanks for listening to Pants. Patience. Thank you for the support. <laughs> and um, now you know a little bit more about Marja. Yeah. Fine, you guys. Thanks again. And Marja, right. thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah. I and to the fans. And to the fans. We really thank were you. like, I we want to be the, we, we want to be the highway. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And I don't, this is only some of the questions. There's like a ton more, but these are the ones we got to right melissa yep correct there's so many more maybe we'll do a two-parter yes all right so the answer is we don't know we should know and marja feels confident that they'll give her one more (laughs) okay everybody she's nodding her head and smiling at me so thanks for listening to pants goodbye thank you for listening to pants a podcast brought to you by myself kate menig and leisha haley produced by melissa d montz Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.